The following podcast contains explicit language and movie spoilers. You've been warned. No, seriously, there, there's spoilers and, and foul language. Yeah. Welcome to $20 Ticket, where we tell you how much we would pay to watch Cliffhanger. My name is Kerwin, and joining me today is Jason. What up, Jason? Not much. How about you, Kerwin? I'm good, man. What are you drinking today? I'm drinking a Kona Goldcliff IPA. Nice. Also with us is Mugga. What up, Mugs? Yo. Good to have you back, bro. Yeah, finally done with some work stuff. Yeah. So uh, what are you drinking today? Ultra talking. Nice. Uh, also with us is TJ. What up, TJ? Hey, guys. What are you drinking today? I am also drinking a Kona Goldcliff IPA. Nice. And rounded out the panel is Jordan. What up, Jordan? Hey, Kerwin. What are you drinking? Taking a break from Frosty Guinnesses and enjoying a Sam Adams Oktoberfest. Nice. Uh, so today we are talking about Cliffhanger, released May 28th, 1993. It stars Sylvester Stallone, John Lithgow, Michael Rooker, Janine Turner, Leon, Paul Winfield, and Ralph Waite. It's directed by Rennie Harlan and it's distributed by TriStar Pictures. Let's talk about our experience. Uh, Jason, what is your experience with Cliffhanger? So I remember wanting to watch this as a kid but not being allowed to for a long time. I don't know, my mom wouldn't let me watch it. So uh, I didn't watch it till much later. I would imagine, I probably didn't watch it till like 10 years ago, to be honest. So We did an extra credits on this, I just listened to it. You said it was about four or five years ago. Oh, so we maybe did it was that, that. Yeah. yeah. So four so or five years ago. You said years. it was so, recent. So you're a liar. Liar. Yeah, I'm a liar. Um, <laughs> Go hang yourself on a cliff. Yeah, that's fine. I'll God damn. <laughs> yeah. well, I'm sorry I missed it by four or five years, but I apologize. <laughs> I guess I have to go kill myself now. Wow. Anyway, uh, yeah, so I didn't watch it till way after it came out. How would I say that, all right? Um, yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, uh, yeah, it's a movie, and I fucking watched it on TV. Guess my experience. Thanks, Muggs. You ruined it. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> you're good. Uh, no, you're not. <laughs> Jordan, Jordan, what is your experience? I'd actually never seen this movie before. Uh, I watched it on Thursday, and it was the very first time uh, viewing it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was a good movie. Uh, my experience with Cliffhanger, um, I mean, I've already talked about this in the extra credits, but uh, first so time. make sure you get it right, or Muggy will call you out on it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm kind of afraid now. I got the target on my back. Um, yeah, so first time I watched it, I was coming home from L.A. in uh, my friend's parents' car. I think I was like eight or something at the time. Um, so it was you all said you were seven. <laughs> no, no, no. You said you were seven. No, when the movie came out. Oh, okay. Yeah, when the movie came out, I was like five or six. But like I remember, because wa- it was already on VHS, but I remember watching this in the backseat of the car on my way home. And then uh, I fell asleep with my eyes open, and they were worried that I was like dead or something, but I had just fallen asleep with my eyes open. And that's uh, that's the one thing I remember about that movie. Um, but uh, I had seen it a couple times since then. Um, it was on Amazon over the summer. I watched it uh, a couple times, and then uh, it moved to Netflix. So thankfully, uh, another movie uh, is not up for pay because this happens to us all the time. We want to do a movie, and when we finally actually sit down and watch it, we got to pay for it. Street Kings, um, but yeah, uh, yeah. I watched it last night and took notes, but that's my experience. Uh, TJ, how about you? Uh, I also watched this movie last night. Uh, that was the first time that I saw it. Uh, Kyle and I put it on, had some wine, and that was my experience. Kyle was on his phone the whole time. Hmm. Did he I, like I, it or just on his phone the whole time? Well, he was on his phone the whole time, okay. so he, I was not. So he wouldn't hang up? 
the phone. I don't know. Cliffhanger, hang up. Who knows? Right now, I, I get it. I he know. was like texting. I don't know what the <laughs> fuck's <laughs> going on. Uh, Mugga, what is your experience? Uh, like you and Jason are saying, I put in my experience with this on the extra credits. If you guys can, go ahead and uh, listen to that. But um, I watched this when I was 10, just the opening scene, because I was allowed uh, to finally watch a rated R movie with my adult part of the family, my mom and aunts and all that. And I was so kind of traumatized by the opening scene that again, I reenacted it with my uh, cousins and my brother with uh, X-Men action figures. But that's what I remember. But since then I've watched it numerous times, but yeah, I've always enjoyed it. But yeah, that was my first experience. Wait, but the X-Men wouldn't like fall. Like somebody could catch them. Wolverine fell when I reenacted it. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, it's pretty heavy. I feel like he said he was playing with G.I. Joe's when we talked yeah. about it. Yeah. Go, go listen to it. It was X-Men and Wolverine I specific, and shoestrings that we used to go across the couches that represented the cliffs. I thought you said yarn last time, not yeah. shoestrings. No, go listen to it. I just listened to it on the way over Was here, it twine? So. Yeah. Yeah. Shoestrings. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll see about that. Well, no drama using Wolverine. I mean, we all know he would just heal himself. So yeah, yeah exactly. This is for you, Morph. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Now, before we get into behind the scenes, uh, Mugga hit us with the financials. So this movie in '93 um, did successfully um, at the box office um, with a budget of 70 million at the time. Um, I looked at Box Office Mojo, and all they would give me was the domestic, which is a little over $84 million, which is not bad, um, making money there. But internationally, which I'll get into when I start doing all of the, the production and all that stuff, um, it made, um, when I had to look up somewhere else, the actual international box office, a little over $170 million, and that brought in around $255 million. So you can see how this was financially successful. Um, Sylvester Stallone, I think originally was supposed to be paid 15 million to do this. He did not make that, which I'll get into why. Um, but uh, with that being said, when it came out, it did debut at number one over the weekend, and uh, there was only five movies, according to Box Office Mojo, that were in theaters. But these are five pretty, pretty well-known movies. Number five is A Few Good Men, which mm -hmm. is pretty, pretty great. Um, four is Scent of a Woman. Uh, three, Groundhog Day. Two was Unforgiven, and the number one was Cliffhanger. So I thought that was interesting. I think it's weird when we do these kind of movies, like the box office that weekend, there's only a couple movies where if you do more of a movie in the 2000 to 2010 range, there's like 40. It's just like yeah. kind of crazy to me. Um, I had to go do some more research for the top five highest grossing Sylvester Stallone films of all time financially. Um, this one is not on there. Um, I'm gonna go from the top to the bottom five of infla um, inflation adjustment, what do you guys think is the number one of all time? Rocky. It is Rocky. It Rocky. So if you, it only made 117 million, but if you in, uh, adjust this for inflation, around 495 million. Number two, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two, which I can't really say is a he's Sylvester Stallone film, in it, yeah. but he's in it. You know, um, number three is With Rocky Three. Rocky three is number three. Um, number four is Rambo First Blood Part Two. And the reason why I just had to bring this up is because Rocky four is the number five. Nice. This is according to an article by Health Fitness Revolution in June 6, 2019. But uh, but yeah, this cliffhanger is not on there. Um, I couldn't figure out how to even do the adjusted inflation. But uh, but yeah, those are the financials. But uh, made money. Um, I'll get into Sylvester Stallone's salary. He actually had to pay money to keep this movie going, which we'll get into. But, but yeah, those are the financials. All right. Uh, Jason, tell us what the people thought of this movie. So according to Rotten Tomatoes, 67% of critics liked it, uh, giving a, an average rating of 6.2 out of 10. Uh, with the audience, 52% of the audience gave it a 3.5 out of 5 or higher, with an average rating of 3.3 .3 out of 5. Muggs, how are you feeling about that? 
I think it's what was this? What was this on? Sixty-seven for the um, critics, and then and fifty-two for the audit audience. Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. I think the audience is a little low. How many reviews were there though? Uh, for the critics, it was fifty-five. The audience, a hundred thousand plus. Mm. So I don't agree with the critics. You yeah. think it's too low? Too 67? low. Too low. I gotta agree with that. Yeah. Too low. Here, here's my thing because obviously these movies came out before like Rotten Tomatoes was a thing, and so you have all of these new people going back to watch all these old movies, rating them based on like their current experiences and what they're currently expecting, right? But they're rating old movies, so you have to really put yourself in that time frame of like what was possible, what was happening at that time, what was popular with movies. But you two have just seen it for the first time, and you're kind of disagreeing with that. So I don't, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, I I don't know because I mean, I know Jason and I have watched it. Kerwin fell asleep with his eyes open while he watched it. But regardless, like you guys, and you guys, from what I'm getting, liked it. We'll see about your ticket price. Yeah, but I think it's because like in my mind, I put myself in the nineties. Critic, yeah. You know, and and I say like, what was feasible in the 90s and what was popular in the 90s like as far as like themes of the movies and and the sort of flow that movies had is very different than what it is in 2021 so anyways i don't know this movie is very easy to kind of get caught up in the the white noise of all of these generic i i, I say generic action movies of the time i mean it just was such an influx of them that uh this is and, how you made movies then, huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was enjoyable. I, I'm not quite sure where these critics felt that this movie did not meet expectations. <laughs> and I, I kind of agree with you, Teach. I think it's just like people, like Rotten Tomatoes obviously came out way after 93. So people are going back, you know, over time since Rotten Tomatoes came out and reviewing this and then from a different lens, it's, you know, back in 93, this is probably, you know, partly revolutionary it's a great movie you know 20 out of 20 maybe people would say at the time and now people younger people seeing this for the first time comparing it to what's out now i mean that could you know make a lower rating for sure yeah we talked about that uh with star wars too yeah how like episode four is like so fucking slow and like how it it kind of turns off a lot of people today but i think you're 100 percent right tj like people may not be putting themselves in the right perspective to watch it, I guess. But yeah, I agree with you. So there's two rotten rating quotes on here that are pretty funny, so I gotta read them. Bring it. Um, There's one by Jay Boyar, um, Orlando Sentinel. He says, some movies get you so excited, so revved up on action and thrills that you almost feel like you're flying. Cliffhanger makes you feel like you're dropping. (laughs) Dick. What a fucking asshole. <laughs> and then I thought this one was kind of funny, too. Um, this is by Alistair Lawrence, uh, Common Sense Media. He says, the main thing that lets Cliffhanger down is a plot as thin as a high-altitude air that surrounds it. These guys think they're clever. They think they're being clever. Yeah, they suck. I'm sure these guys are great critics, but they're critics. And just to be fair, those are more recent critiques of the movie, too. So there's some that range from... 2013 all the way up till this year so oh, shit. well we i disagree but that's okay mm-hmm. imdb has it at a 6.4 out of 10 so what was that kind of in the middle i guess right um because rotten tomatoes was 67 52 so yeah kind of right in the middle a little higher um the demos are again very similar I just feel like this under 18 age is always skewed because there's so few votes. But I'll say anyway, the all under 18, 
uh, was the high, or uh, one of the highs was 7.2, but only 11 votes. Males, 7.3, but again, the under 18 only had eight. Everything else was kind of relatively the same around that 6.5, 6.4 rating, but yeah, those are the ratings. Uh, Mugga, take us behind the scenes. This movie was, um, well, basically, this company called Carolco Pictures signed Sylvester Stallone to do two movies. Um, the first one was going to be called Bartholomew vs. Neff. Um, this was supposed to be directed by John Hughes and starring John Candy. I don't know how this would have been. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but for some reason, it was dropped, um, I think because... Um, actually, I, I couldn't even really figure out why, but uh, Stallone still was signed on with his company to do two movies. So because of that, he was attached to a movie called Gale Force and this other movie called Isobar. I don't think either one of these have ever been made. This movie, Isobar, was a science fiction movie about a genetically created monster that breaks free from a train and was stars Stallone and Kim Basinger. Um, what's that movie that had a thing get out of the military train? Was it Cloverfield? From what I'm reading, it was far from anything artistic. And it was just a science fiction action movie that was described as being no artistic freedom. So because of that, disagreements between Stallone, um, and I already mentioned Kim Basinger was supposed to be in this movie. So Stallone and Kim Basinger, um, along with the producers, they all kind of just did not agree with anything. So I think they all just gave up on it. As well as I think Ridley Scott and Roland Emmerich were kind of attached to direct it. And no one can get on board, so I think it was just scrapped. It's kind of like if you guys watched Entourage, the movie Medi Ian, how they just can't get it. Just, it's just plague from day one. Um, but still, Stallone has to do these movies. So now they're set to work on this movie called Gale Force, which was described as Die Hard in a Hurricane. <laughs> Um, this script was bought by this company, Carolco, and rewritten many times with a $40 million budget. And they got really close to producing this movie and starting it. But two weeks before, they felt they couldn't film this movie due to special effects the movie needed. And financially, it just wasn't going to happen. Um, now, remember, this was on a $40 million budget. So from what I read, they then started to go to Cliffhanger, which they then had a $70 million budget, which is weird. It's like, how does that happen? And so I had to look more into that. Here's where Kerwin says, because he didn't bring up this company called Carico, TriStar Movies steps in to like kind of like get the movie going. It's a great script. We're all kind of giving it praise right now. Um, but uh, TriStar stepped in to help out, and that's where you get the $70 million. Some other companies stepped in to help out um, with the money, but TriStar was the main one, and they wanted the distribution rights to produce it all over North America and internationally. Um, other companies such as, and if I'm saying this wrong, I'm sorry, Rizzoli, Correa della Sera, uh, Le Studio Canal, and Pioneer Electric Corporations were also attached, but the main person or the main company was TriStar. Um, the reason why I'm going over all this is because basically, Carico Pictures was in some financial trouble, um, so with the arrangements that they made with TriStar and the other ones, they basically received little money from the box office. And with that being said, um, I think this really hurt the company. So what I had to do, I had to go in and look at the company. Um, they were really big in the late 80s and 90s, um, such films as all of the first three Rambo franchise movies, uh, Total Recall, Terminator 2, Judgment Day, Basic Instinct, Universal Soldier, Cliffhanger, and Stargate. Um, although Cliffhanger kind of showed that their financial difficulties were there, um, they had this comeback movie called Cutthroat Island. I've never seen it. Have you guys seen Cutthroat Island? Uh, it bombed big time. They lost $147 million on this. And I think because of that, this company was no longer around. So you can kind of see where Stallone is attached to these movies with all that. But but that's kind of where we're at now with this movie. But this is a TriStar movie. Yeah, to they, say, yeah. they, that company did a, like a lot of 
those like early '90s like action yeah, yeah. movies. Like that was their specialty. You're gonna see how they wasted money in a bit. I can see why they went bankrupt, but uh, but but we'll get into all that. So um, I did also read that they had to stop production twice during this movie because Carolco could not uh, pay the crew or the cast while they were filming. So this was twice, and I think because of that, um, Stallone had to record two million dollars of his fifteen million dollar salary as a result. Which, I don't know, if you guys are a superstar, would you have done that? I mean, I, I think what was presented to him, and again, I'm just speculating, hey, this movie isn't going to get made if you take a pay cut, you know? And so I think that's why he had to do it. I think it's also, like, if you if you enjoy the project that you're working on, with, yeah. which I assume that a lot of, like, at that point he signed on because he wanted to. Although he was Because he's already con- had he success with, yeah. like, Rambo and all that stuff, you know, but... But I also think it's, like, Stallone, the difference between, like, 15 million and 13 million... Well, he had to give up more money coming up. It wasn't just the first time this happened. <laughs> okay. But I just go so, back yeah. to um, the story about the first Rocky mm-hmm. and like what he did to mm-hmm. get that thing going and get it, the script out there. I just feel like that's kind of in Stallone's nature, too. I've always liked Stallone. Me reviewing or researching this movie, the guy is a total team player, like a big team player. And I, 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 I well, and he's in it for the movie. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. not in it for himself. He, he's not out for like a an easy paycheck. He wants the film to be successful Correct. with everything that he's doing. Mm-hmm. So this guy, Michael France, is the credited writer for the film, but before production began, Stallone rewrote the script and changed the film significantly enough to where Caraco petitioned the Writers Guild of America to actually give him credit. I didn't actually get to look this up. Kerwin, did you? Is Stallone credited Do they actually give him credit? Do they? I don't know. They, I know they tried. I don't know if they actually granted it to him. Uh, I mean, we had that whole talk about like percentages yeah. and how much of the script is written, etc. But I mean, maybe he removed credit for somebody else to join. Yeah. I, I don't know how that works. But getting into the credit of this, Michael Franz, he did end up selling the script for uh, half a million dollars. and But then after that, there was two other independent writers that then said, they had part to do with this idea and because of that I believe they also had to come up with another $400,000 just to uh, pay them off because they're also saying they had a part of it and so I can kind of see why this company went broke like I just feel like they just they didn't really have everything in a row Um, Uh, just real fast I just looked it up Wikipedia does have the screenplay by um, Michael France and the other two guys I don't think are credited but I think they were paid off yeah right Um, the director is Rennie Harlan who initially wasn't interested in doing this movie because he had just done Die Hard 2. He felt there was very much celebrities, uh, similarities, but um, he ended up doing it. And he's also done movies such as Driven, which is Stallone is in, uh, Deep Blue Sea, uh, and Caracol's final film, Cutthroat Island, which I think we have to review this movie now. Like, check it out. I've never even, I mean, I think I've heard of the name, but yeah, I don't I've, know if I've ever seen it. I've heard of it for yeah. sure, but I've never seen it. Yeah. Um, getting into the cast, uh, we know that Stallone, obviously, that's why he's attached to it. He signed on with the company to do movies. Um, the villain, Quaylen, which is, is a big deal, Christopher Walken had signed on and was originally supposed to play this. Now, I think he's a great actor and like he's a great villain. I don't know how he would have been in this, but uh, for some reasons, which I could not find, he actually dropped out, I think, two weeks prior to them starting this movie. Um, the director originally, I don't know if this was before, Christopher Walken was going to be on, but he wanted David Bowie. And I don't know how that would have come about. So, I mean, that would have been interesting because he's... I would have been cool with that. Yeah. Yeah. I would have been cool with that, but I still think John Lithgow coming in, he stepped and got the part, did a tremendous job. I mean, he's one of my treasures. I don't know how you guys feel about him. I'm kind of glad it all worked out the way it did. I wish I could have seen Bowie do that, honestly. Really? Yeah, personally? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 
That's just me. Um, I don't have too much about the other cast members. I'm just going into how that's Michael Rooker. Is that how you say his name? Rooker. Um, yeah, just a random fact, he would end up playing with Sylvester Sloan in Guardians of the Galaxy 2 the next time they met in films. I thought that was kind of cool. Um, one movie that I really love him in is Days of Thunder. I don't know if you guys have seen that. Um, Never. Got, what is that movie about? Shut up, Jason. <laughs> uh, Janine Turner, that's Jesse. Um, Rex Lynn as Travers. Um, what movie is that guy in? He's in a bunch. The guy, he's the bald head. He's the agent. Rush Hour. That's what it is. I could not figure what it out. Yeah. He, he's really good. I, I like him. He's one of my treasures in this movie. Um, then you have um, the guy, uh, Leon Robinson. And it's I think he's a great actor. It's one of my trashes in the movie because every time I see him now, all I think of is Cool Runnings. He's the guy that is on Cool Runnings and he's a villain. Yes. And he's a dick. Like, yeah. remember the part where he's fighting Stallone in the cave? Wrong answer. <laughs> like, I'm like, you're supposed to be nice, dude. <laughs> like, like, you know? you're, you're a little Richard, man. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? So, uh, but there's other guys, not too much of a, of a big thing, but uh, you've got this director, you've got Stallone, you've got a movie getting into productions. Um, I'm gonna be kind of vague about this just because it was built, it was done in the 90, in, in 93, but uh, it's harder to research, but this movie takes place in the Rockies, but from what you see for the most part was filmed in Italy, in the Dolmides, in Cortina de Ampizo, and I think we tried to figure out how to say this in the extra credits, um, but that's where they filmed a lot of it. Um, I couldn't exactly find out why, but my thought was because of financial reasons. Um, I did read on IMDb that production coughed up 80 million lire. Did anyone know what a lire is? So I had to look that up. It was the monetary form used in Italy till about 2002, and then it was replaced with the euro. Yeah. So it sounds expensive, right? 80 million year. No, this is about 45,000 US dollars. <laughs> so I think that's why, because I think we talked about it on the extra credits. Why not just do it in the Rockies? I think it was that much cheaper to do it over there. Um, another couple of significant scenes, the bridge scene, you know, where Salone has to jump and there's an explosion. That was filmed at the Monte Cristallo. Um, I did read that right after that, they remade the bridge right after that because I think they blew it up. I don't think they blew up the actual, I don't know. I, That's crazy yeah. that they would like blow up the actual bridge. I, yeah. I'm speculating and I think that I, we're right on that. But I, that's, I, I, I got the same thing when yeah, I was doing research. Yeah. Like they had to replace it because they blew it up. So a lot of the climbing that you see is real. Um, obviously, that's not Salone from the far shots. Like the opening scene, that's pretty impressive. Um, but that's at the Tofane Cliffs. I know, Kerwin, we talked about on the extra credits, you're not an outdoor climber at all. I don't know anything about this. I know in Yosemite, there's a lot of climbing that's kind of in our backyard. Is this a good place internationally, or is this where they go? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, I know nothing about climbing. Um, but getting into, I think, its iconic scene, the opening scene. Again, if you're listening to this, please go listen to our extra credit. We go into detail. Um, and I don't want to get into too much depth with this, but we already did an extra credits. Um, but that was also filmed in Italy in those mountains that we're talking about. There's a lot to this scene. Um, the way they filmed it, the way they cut it up. Um, the director bought a puppy dog um, uh, stuffed animal to show the severity of how high they were. But the main concept of this was to scare you, to show you you're on for a ride, and Stallone being vulnerable because prior to this, he was always the guy that could save the day. And they wanted you to see that, hey, like he's human and you're, you're in for a ride on this movie, which I think is great. I think the director did a great job, the script and all that, because it really does set the tone. I don't know how you guys feel. Um, again, I don't want to ask that question because we already kind of talked about it, you know, but uh, 
The one thing that I think is funny about that scene though is the harness. So the harness does end up breaking and this was a big deal. The company that had the harness that they used was called Black Diamond and they felt that this would be bad publicity for the product. So what they did, which I gotta go back and watch it, is put this in the credits that this was specifically modified so it would fail. So they put that in the credits. It was tiny ass font (laughs) that nobody in their right mind would have stuck around to like see. And the fact that Black Black Diamond allowed for this to happen shows serious Why guts. Why even have a brand name on it? Thank you. Just like, make it see, I'm sorry. You guys actually, I didn't even see the Black Diamond. I've a, never seen either, it. Me either, okay. but I did read that in the research. Okay. The other thing, like, this thing didn't, like, accidentally crap. This thing broke in half. Yeah. yeah. Like, this thing broke. Yeah. Like, you're telling me it didn't break when you fucking just clipped it on? Because it was so brittle. Was it the same one they used in Ace Ventura 2? I think it was, yeah. 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 I mean, okay. can't even hold a raccoon. Yeah. I mean, and, and they <laughs> they don't show like the 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 fail saves that obviously these styles of a harnesses employ, you know, because there case should be more like than that. Well, exactly. I'm going to get into it. There is a lot of inaccuracies. Yeah. And I know nothing about the rock climbing, and the rock climbing industry really did not like this film, kind of what you're talking about, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, I know you're exactly right. But. Uh, but there's a lot of other places that were filmed in Italy. Um, again, we know my, I can't even pronounce the director of Iron Man, his last name. John Coffey. There we go. Okay. But uh, um, I'm not going to pronounce them. I'm not even going to know them. If you would like to look at them, there's a bunch of other places that they filmed at. Um, it's on Wikipedia, IMDb. Um, there, I think it's kind of the similarity of us of like national parks. Like we know Yosemite, Bryce out there. I just, when I'm reaching this, I'm like, I got to go to Italy because I got to learn about all this stuff. There's a bunch of places out there that I'm like, it just looks gorgeous. I think the whole movie looks gorgeous in the background, but, uh, but that's kind of it. But getting into this, they did do filming in the U.S. Um, in the Rockies. One in particular, this is a big part of the movie, is the aerial stunt. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? Where they're transferring the money from the, the federal plane to that. Yeah, This is the stunt where Travers is traveling. Um, it was up in the air around 15,000 feet. This is real and actually illegal in Europe to do, so they had to film this in the United States. Um, the stuntman's name was Simon Crane, and he ended up making a million dollars for the stunt. That was just his feet alone. So because of this, it was in the Guinness Book of World Records for the costliest stunt at the time. I'm not sure if it still exists, but the insurance company wouldn't insure this all the way. So Stallone had to take money off his paycheck again in order to make this happen. (laughs) And there's going to be another time where he has to fuck out more money. (laughs) Oh, my God. Stallone is just a team player. But uh, but I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, I'm sorry. I should have looked it up if it's still the costliest stunt. But uh, but, It's so uh, interesting that they wanted... Obviously, like, uh, computer graphics were a thing at this point. Obviously, they weren't as great as they are now, but it's just interesting that they wanted to do this, like, in real life. In, in this movie, what do you think is CGI? Uh, there's a, there, honestly, there's only a few scenes where their backdrop is the mountain right. where it feels CGI to me. Everything else feels very real. One main thing is the bats. <laughs> oh yeah, the bats. Yeah, yeah I but other that. than that, a lot of this is real, real stuff. Yeah, doesn't that whole scene kind of remind you of like Dark Knight Rises too? Yeah, when he uh, when or like um, why do we fall? Batman Begins too when he enters Batman the cave. Begins, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but with the planes and stuff, like just oh, doing yeah. that. Even yeah. the, oh, I was yeah, like, I was like, Christopher Nolan stole this shit. Go we, ahead, Carmen, do it. We, we talked about it on voice. Demolition Man. <laughs> yeah, how uh, he stole like uh, that whole sequence for the Dark Knight. Exactly. Yeah, and now he's stealing this shit too. The fuck? Fucking thieves. 
We must stop him immediately. I can't do it right now. <laughs> you literally just did it. So, also in the U.S., there's these uh, reservation of mountains called the UT Mountains, and I think I'm saying that right. UTE. It's, I would I would imagine it's student American. They actually credit the UT tribe for allowing them to actually film that. But uh, those are a lot of locations, and as much as I could do research. All I have now is random facts that are a lot that we can kind of pinpoint of where they go. Um, first of all, the director, I gotta give this guy credit. Um, he wanted to demonstrate to the cast and crew that the harnesses are safe by flinging himself out over a cliff on a cable, which I think is pretty impressive. Yeah, he's like, hey guys, we're good. And he did it first to show them. Oh shit. But, however, he complained that in some shots, the safety lines were too visible, so he asked stuntmen to do it without one. <laughs> like, I, I think it's kind of a hypocrisy. Yeah, like, I mean, that's. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Um, but getting into the stunt, man, we, we got to talk about these guys. Um, this film is dedicated to a guy named Wolfgang. I think I'm saying this right. Golich. Um, he's actually doubled Stallone in the movie for some part. Um, there was more than one that did this, but he would die shortly after. Not have anything of rock climbing related because of a car accident. I think yeah. he fell asleep at the wheel. It's a bummer. Yeah, but the film is dedicated to him. Um, I did read, I think there was over 20 climbers. I want to say I read somewhere there was 30. I'm just going to leave it at 20. Um, but one was more popular uh, than the other. That was that guy, Wolfgang Golich. Um, again, he died. Another guy that was a double for Stallone was this guy. Now, am I saying this right? His name is, last name is K A U K. How would you say that? Cock. Okay, so his name's Ron Cock. <laughs> he was Stallone's stunt double, and he needed to bulk up in order to do this. So I think at the beginning, you know when you're seeing those aerial... I know the crew is laughing. I didn't want to say it because I pronounced it wrong. So I, that's not Stallone. So this guy had to look like Stallone. He had to bulk up in order to do this. He had a trainer, had him eating six meals a day. One, he would have him wake up in the middle of the night just to get it going. And then also spend numerous amounts of time in the gym. But thats I think that's the guy that you see at the beginning of the movie that's climbing, which does look like Stallone. You it know? it yeah. does, but it, again, it just is so crazy to me that this they were actually climbing. Yeah. Like, that's so nuts to me yeah. because there's so many different ways to make it look like mm -hmm. that was happening. Well, was there, the, I mean, that's, was there the Back 93? Then, I, don't I don't know. know. Yeah, you know I don't I mean? know. Like, I mean, yeah. when was Toy Story done? 95? That was, yeah, you're right, 95. 95, 95, 95. yeah. So I don't know. I mean, CGI was just becoming a thing, especially like uh, at that grand of a scale. But I don't know. It just is nuts because obviously now, if this it was made, it would be yeah. green screen yeah. all the way. And I think back then too, um, I think it would have been more expensive at that time because like right. we're, we're still figuring technology out, and it might be cheaper to just stick a guy on a mountain. Yeah, but don't worry, Stallone would have paid for it. That's yeah, it's true. <laughs> you don't think Cock would have paid for it? Or? <laughs> I don't know. It seems like it'd be pretty hard for him to do so. <laughs> all right, all right. He doesn't right. have the balls to fork over his cash. They really would have given him the shaft. <laughs> you got any more? I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you have it. You got, you got any more? Get it out of our system uh, yet, now. No, Doug, I gotta keep them coming. <laughs> You found yourself in a hairy situation. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Anyone else? TJ, you ready? No, I, you wanna, good? I wanna keep going. I don't like any of this. You guys are nuts. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta take a break. I gotta take a break. It's so stupid. Getting on another subject, um, in the movie, this whole thing is based on them stealing federal money, which is $100 million in bills. 
<laughs> sorry. The only problem is um, they were stealing this from the Denver Mint, which only produces coins. So there's no way this movie would have ever happened. <laughs> right. um, do you guys remember the scene of the rabbit where Stallone is trying to, and he puts the, the beaking device on the rabbit? I guess originally this rabbit was supposed to die. They did a test screen with the audiences, and out of everything that happened, they did not like this at all. Like, this really hurt them the wrong way. So someone had to come in and pay $100,000 to reshoot it so the rabbit would run off and live. Can you guess who that person was? Stallone. Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> yeah. So this guy, like, kind of, like, lost money doing the movie, I think, you know? But, it's a uh, passion project. But, yeah. Um, but they another thing they noticed was the audience did not respond well to Stallone's jump over the two cliffs was like, which is like 40 feet. And you guys are all looking at me like, you have no idea what I'm talking about, right? It's because it's not in the movie. Um, the audience thought it was so unrealistic, so they cut it from the movie, but it is on the trailer, I think, if you guys want to watch it, which I think we should put it on our social media. That's what I'm thinking of, the trailer. It's okay. on the trailer, yeah. it's not in the movie. Yeah, they thought it was very, very, very comical and just unrealistic. I think when they were doing the test screening, what I read, they were just like laughing out loud, like, this is stupid. Yeah. Solon even talked about it. Did he? In, okay. in an interview, he was like, we had to go back and do a couple things. The first thing was, yeah. the average human can only jump like 12 feet so the fact that I was jumping like 100 feet so because I look at this and for some reason I thought of the movie Speed have you guys with the bus when I watched the the, the, what's that what do you mean okay you know what okay we're even we're even When the bus jumps over the ramps, I remember with my mom looking like, yeah. this is ridiculous. Like, how come they couldn't take that page out of the book, you know? But uh, but anyways, um, uh, one big time uh, movie fact is that this is, again, a TriStar production film. Um, it was the last movie that had the original TriStar logo, which is a vectored line um, Pegasus and its triangular titled box. Because yeah. they updated it right, right after that, yeah. Um, getting into rock climbing, <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta prepare myself for this, okay? Uh, Kerwin Wright, rock climbing can take a toll on someone's hands, correct? You know, um, One in particular was Stallone's, as he complained it hurt his grip for his golf game. And also, the models that he was dating at the time complained on how rough his hands were. <laughs> I just... I literally read this on IMDb. I was like, this is this is serious, you know? Yeah, men, men don't appreciate smooth hands as much as they should. Yeah. Um, but one last fun fact that I want to get into is the complete inaccuracy of the rock climbing. Um, one specifically that they said was the bolt gun. Um, again, I know nothing about it. They said, you don't do this at all because you don't know, I guess, the... I don't want to say the hardness of the rock. But like the integrity <laughs> of the rock or whatever? But yeah, yeah. sort of like if it backfires, it's a safety thing that would blow up in your face. They said this doesn't happen. Um, again, I know nothing about rock climbing for the most part, but uh, but yeah, that, that's why they said this is would not very well recepted by the rock climbing community because of so many inaccuracies. This is the one that I could really find. So yeah, that- you know what's so interesting is they, uh, they do say that there are a lot of inaccuracies, but that's the only one that they mentioned. That's the only one that I could find, yeah. And so it is it is very interesting, because I'm yeah. like, well, if there's so many, like, what are the what rest? Are yeah. I think you have to know about rock, rock climbing, climbing, though. Like, well, because Jordan brought up, you know, like, of, like, the harness, there's gotta be a safety one, all that. I don't know about that, so when right. I think that you're really hanging by this little thing that breaks, and that's the end of your life, that's what you trusted, there's gotta be inaccuracies about that, you right, know? for sure. Um, but this film is a great film, in my opinion. It made financial success. So they talked about a sequel. Um, in 94, TriStar was in talks with a sequel called The Dam or Cliffhanger 2, The Dam, which is supposed to have Gabe fighting terrorists who take over the Hoover Dam. <laughs> yeah, Kermit just fell out of his seat. Um, obviously, this new movie never got out of the development stage and again was reassessed in 2008 when Stallone said he was interested, but again, just canceled. 
Um, this is where it gets really interesting. In 2009, Studio Canal announced they would be overseeing a cliffhanger reboot. Um, but in 2015, Stallone stated on his Instagram, his personal Instagram, that he would love to still make a sequel, and which brings to the speculation if a reboot is ever really going to happen. And I think that's where we're at today in 2021. We're either going to get a reboot or a sequel. So I, I don't know. I th- what do you think? I think a climbing movie could work, but I feel like you kind of lose a lot of that that like cheesy, campy 90s aspect to it. Like I think you'd have to approach it in the same way that like they approached it back then relative to the time like like go into it go into it making like um that version Are you of saying the, the reboot or a sequel like a reboot okay yeah I, i'm i, I just kind of feel like these reboots like when we do things they they turn out like super edgy and self-serious and because i'm gonna say i think point break is this, and exactly. Point Break is, yeah. is perfect awful, example, but the one that originally down this time of Cliffhanger was amazing. The new one they made is just like I'm like this is crap. Yeah, you like know? we we have original movies like that now that do well because they recognize what kind of movie they are. And I feel like when we reboot things, we we try so hard to make them self serious right. and then and, and uh, franchise like, you know, in order to to make those long term dollars. And I'm just like just if you know you're making like. Like just a popcorn flick, just admit it to yourself while you're making it and make it. Stop yeah. trying. I feel like if they made Cliffhanger now, they'd try to go for something like Nolan-esque. But they, but they hmm. do this all the time. But I think one when they did it right was like another Sly movie was Dread. Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. they did that. What like that was a good one that came back out. Mm-hmm. But you think about like Demolition Man, like trying to redo that, I could just see them. There's no way. Yeah, there's there's no way. Total Recall. Total Recall, exactly. I mean RoboCop. I mean I I liked the new RoboCop. I actually did like that one, but I felt like I felt like um, like we always do that. Like we try so hard to to Batman Begins everything every time mm-hmm. it comes out. Like we have to make things even more serious than they really are, and we don't understand what made those previous films or the source material good. Like there's a reason Point Break is good. There are, there are so many things within that movie, and I kind of feel like with this new one, we just said, well, let's just remake it, as opposed mm-hmm. to understanding why that original one was so successful. And the first one, Point Break, was there's a lot of comedy in it, yeah. and I feel like the second one, like it teetered way more mm-hmm. on the serious side, and that's where you kind of lose it. Yeah. You did, did you not like the the new Total Recall with uh, what was his name? Colin Farrell. Yeah, I, I thought it was okay. I think I think it's okay, but it's just like I, I just kind of feel like uh, in a lot of They're cases, missing something. yeah, like we we miss we miss what made like whether it's like a commentary social political financial whatever whether it's the fact that there's like lowbrow humor or like it's it's got really dry humor or you know uh it just happened to hit a nerve you know with the time yeah maybe we need to hit a different nerve with this time instead of regurgitating what happened before like like i i just feel like we we oftentimes look so quickly for the cash grab that we forget to understand like why this particular franchise or property was successful in the first place i don't even think a climbing movie whether it be a sequel or a remake can really even be done these days i mean since this was made in 93 technological advances have have come and gone that are specifically designed to keep us in contact and i think that was one of the main points of this movie was the Mm. fact that there was isolation he was alone on this mountaintop with no way to get backup or help or anything like that and now you have iphones with you that can connect to satellites in emergency situations so you're never really that far out of touch with somebody so if they were to make a sequel they would have to specifically design the plot 
for him to lose whatever sort of communication devices he has. And also, so with the technology, I think that we're exposed to the rock climbing industry a lot more now. Whereas when I'm watching this movie the first time, granted I'm 10 years old, but it's like, I have no idea what to expect. So it's all brand new to where now it's like, I, I think what you're saying, you know, like it wouldn't work today because I don't think you're surprising anyone. You know what I mean? Is that, is that kind of where you're going with this? I mean, yeah, kind yeah, of. yeah. I, I disagree. I think there's a ton of ways to lose contact with people these days. We see it happen on the news all the time. I think there's a ton of ways to make this fresh and new. And I would so love. So you would be for a remake or. Yeah. I would love for uh, Stallone to, to play Frank. I, I like bring him back play Frank, like a Frank-like character. Oh, I you're saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I think there's a, there's a hundred ways to make this a, re- a reboot work or a, a, a sequel. sequel work. Yeah. yeah, I pretend all the time with Elizabeth that my phone doesn't work, so, I mean, it's <laughs> very possible that... I don't to tell you, babe. <laughs> this is a funny story. I, I actually use that where my phone doesn't work and it doesn't charge, and the girl I was dating at the time, she then bought me a phone charger, <laughs> and I had to somehow lose that in the... Whatever, and because it was for my work, and then she says, "Well, how about I get you a car charger?" Because you lost that too. But yeah, no, problem solved. Yeah. Problem solved. I don't, know what, I don't know what happened to it. <laughs> problem not solved. Yeah. It's gone. So, it's so funny that, that it was easier to make up fake things than just just break up. Yeah. yeah. Right. You're right. Yeah. Okay. I am not with that girl anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. But uh, <laughs> I'm hanging on my thread over here. My <laughs> <laughs> <Hanging by> thread. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, that that's what I got for this movie. That is a cliffhanger. Um, again, that we did not go into the iconic scene that much. If if you're listening, please please listen to the extra credits. That was very impressive how they did that as well. But uh, but yeah, that's that's a cliffhanger. All right, thank you, Mugs. Let's move on to our uh, trash and treasure. Uh, Jason, what is your trash and treasure with cliffhanger? Um, so I'll start with my trash. Um, when they're doing the hijacking of the planes, I feel like they say tango, tango, like a million times. <laughs> they do. And Elizabeth and I, Elizabeth was watching it, and she even looked up from her phone saying, like, they keep saying tango, tango, like a million times. She's like, why? And I was like, I have no fucking idea. Um, when... <laughs> When the pilot that shoots, like the co-pilot, yes, kind of caught me off guard. But then he like walks out and just like steps on that dead dude's hand. hand. Like, yeah. if you're trying to get out, like, why are you stepping on the guy's hand? Like, just get out of the plane. The CGI of the plane exploding, I thought looked like shit. Again, it's '93, I get it, but just you know, watching it from 2021, it looks like crap. Um, when the once they get on the other plane, once it crashes, like I feel like. Except for the the woman, like almost none of the dudes are wearing seatbelts. Like none of them are belted, and I feel like, oh, yeah. I don't know. I, I try to look for them to put it on, or like once they got up, like once everything was like kind of settled, like to unbuckle something. I feel like no one's wearing seatbelts, and the plane's crashing. I don't care if it lands like on the belly of the plane or whatever. Like you're gonna be bouncing around. I I bounce around when we hit a runway. Exactly. <laughs> like yeah. And you got your seatbelt buckled. Yeah. I'm just yeah. like, no, no, you guys gotta buckle yourself in, you know. So uh, we have Yondu and Sly, uh, you know, on the side of the mountain, and they tell Sly to go up and get the case. But Sly says, hey, I need, like, I think he says, like, his, his ice hammer or his ice axe or something and something else. You're like, no, 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 no tools. I think it's like a total of $100 million. Like, why wouldn't you let this guy who's a professional climber have his tools so you can get up there successfully and get your case? Like, at this point, you don't really know. Like, you probably think you got these two guys by the balls and like, hey, like, you're going to do whatever we say. Like, why not give this professional experienced, especially in the area climber, his tools so he can get up there? I don't know why they deny him. 
Like, why deny him having his tools? So the ice axe, I agree with you. It doesn't make any sense. But the other tool that he asked for was that uh, was that gun. Yes. Uh, used to drive in, like, the, the stakes, the, bolt. the bolts. Um, so they were probably concerned that he w- may try and pull that against them or something like that. But the ice axe, you know, that doesn't, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and also... Um pull him down and it's just like we don't know if he's reached the money yet like yeah. like they're just pulling the rope down but even if you're pulling the rope down like you're risking like losing the money yes, yes. like so you pull him down like sly loses his grip and you because he's on ice or whatever slides down falls off the cliff with the case in his hand now you're right. completely fucked like all of these demands seem like dumb yeah even it seemed like if they pulled him down, he would land right next to their feet. But yeah. it's like, no, you're pulling someone off a cliff. They're going to go flying. Like, I almost like put myself in their minds. I like, can envision him like falling off and like gently pushing the, like putting the case right next to them and then, com- and then falling to his doom. It's like, what you do know. you think is going to happen? Oh, whoops, real quick. Okay, bye. Now I'm going to keep falling. Like, what do you think is going to happen when you say this? And also when you pull him down and all you guys are attached to the rope, you don't think this like almost 200 right. pound man is going to drag half your asses down the cliff with him? You're all attached to the same rope? With this like security industrial type case filled with cash, like it's got to be heavy as fuck too and then it just none of it made sense to me um or like at least not well thought out uh if they really wanted the money like why are they like just firing too like like they they're just shooting up at stallone so after he gets up there they just like just just randomly spray bullets all the way up at him and i'm just like again you kill him let's say you do hit him and and he dies like with his hand on the case or he's up there now what now what do you do you guys are not prepared for this you guys are not experienced like now you have the only like one of the two guys that can get up there attach this case dead and now you have now you have one guy you have two guys to get you all this money now you're down it just like none of this like makes sense to me at all personally um another trash (laughs) when stallone is like riding that dude down the snow like yes. almost like a sled like the that. human toboggan scene yeah and it's like it's so smooth though like it seems like Sly's just kind of like chilling like he's just like oh man looking around <laughs> and I'm like if you're like like riding a human down this like snow embankment I just feel like it's gonna be bumpy and it's gonna be crazy and it's like just kind of looking around punching him just like okay this is bad he was too busy grating that guy's face on the ground it looked like fresh powder to me i don't know if there's any grating but definitely frozen i just looked silly as fuck this is probably the biggest trash of mine so sly gets into the water right uh at the towards the end like he's in the ice like he breaks through the ice is in the water um shoots up at the guy whatever sly hops out of the ice he's out now Literally within a minute, hair's dry, he has a sweater on, not no wet, hypothermia, no nothing, nothing. Yeah. and he's just on the radio. And I'm like, you were shirtless in the water. You hopped out, put on somehow dry clothes, your hair's dry within a couple minutes, and you're not even shivering, you're talking coherently on this radio, not very believable. Last trash, movie goes on 20 minutes too long, I feel like. Mm-hmm. I think it's too long. They could have cut 20 minutes out of this, and I think it would have been a little bit better. So, uh, where, okay, so where do you feel like they could have shortened it? Uh, personally, probably a lot of that scene where Sly's under the water. Okay. Doesn't that look like a set there? 
Yeah. Like it has to be, right? So it's it has like, to be. You're watching great backdrops. This is my trash. And all of a sudden you're like, wait, that's not real. That looks like it's in a stage and you guys are just, here, do something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I thought the same yeah. thing. And I'm like, okay, I'm watching this. I'm like, I don't feel like I felt the entire movie. They, like we were kind of on the edge and like yeah. it looks real. And the camera is like, you almost like, hey, we're not... We're not in a set. We're we're literally at the mountains. There, you're like you have full control of all the elements right here. Yeah, yeah. we're yeah. like in Universal <laughs> Studio 42. You so know, there's a ride. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just I don't know. That's how I felt. No, but I, I agree. I think um, one one part they could like fucking get rid of is the whole like soccer thing with Delmar. Like oh, it, that oh, shit yeah. dragged. It dragged. Like just have the fight. Like why are we doing the? Oh, we're going to the pitch and we're gonna kick the balls on the field. Yeah. Just F- bowl. Like, fucking shoot him. Yeah. Pull an Indiana yeah. Jones. Shoot him and be done with <laughs> well, it. Well, that that was like a trash slash, sorry, a treasure slash trash. So like I had it in my treasure where the last fight was good in a sense. But I hated the soccer narration. I just fucking hated that. Like I thought the fight was kind of good, but I didn't like that part. Um, again, more of my treasure. I think the opening scene, of course, reminds me of Mission Impossible 2 slash Ace Ventura 2. Looking at that opening scene too, like what they had to do to like go across that, there's no way I'd be able to do that. Like yeah. I would be freaked out of my mind. So I appreciate like just the visual, like even for 93, I think it looked really good. Um, we gotta talk about it. The physique. Yeah, he's pretty cut in this. Right. Yeah, yeah. cut. Sly's like reaching out, like just fucking super vascular. I was like, damn, he's fucking ripped. And then my last treasure is uh, pushing the one dude up on the spike in the cave fighting. I just, I was like, personally, again, it's been a lot, like four to five years since I've seen this. <laughs> um, uh, watching that scene, I was like, da- I, I wasn't expecting it again. So like when he pushed him up there, I was like, fuck, like that is fucking, I f- totally forgot about that. I thought it was brutal, but that's my trash and treasure. It's like a Mortal Kombat finish, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Almost, yeah. it's like finish him, and it's like, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, Jordan, what is your trash and treasure? Um, I don't have a bunch of crazy ones. Uh, let's start off with some of the trashes. Back at the intro, Jason, I know you had already talked about the pilot. The pilot shoots his co-pilot through the head in a cockpit a very close quarters and I swear you hear glass breaking but there's no like explosive decompressor or or anything like that so that was a little weird Um, the smaller plane was flying pretty close to the larger plane which I thought was relatively dangerous the henchmen during the during the point where they're all shooting up at Sly Stallone on the mountain, he's fucking firing grenade rounds into a side of a mountain that has a shit ton of snow on it, and you don't think anything's gonna happen? I mean, that was a, uh, a little ridiculous, and that's why he died. So fuck him. Um, <laughs> uh, one of the one of the bigger ones that I had was Hal's like really flimsy excuse for hating Gabe. To me, it just seemed really, really like poor and weak. Uh, and Jesse calls it out in the very first conversation that she and Gabe have. Gabe thought he did everything he could to save her. Hal wasn't really doing much of anything out, outside of like, I'll throw my harness back out to you. Also, you brought her up there. Yeah. It's one right? of my trashes. Like, my, this is trashes. all your fault, dude. Yeah, like, yeah. you got hurt. 
they needed to rescue you. You couldn't do anything, and then she dies by him trying to help. Like, it makes That's no, a high he, fucking. Yeah. Did you see how high they were? That yeah. was, how yeah. narrow that peak was. And then Sly yeah. feels like shit. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then uh, Jesse even says, like, why the fuck was he up there with the girl who never climbed in the first place? Before, yeah. Yeah. Ever, to climb yeah. Like, like, no, if you've never climbed before, you're not going up that high. You're not going up that high. Ever. It's one of my trashes. You're going to hang like, 18, and you're going to go climb. <laughs> Dog, I finally did um, the fucking belaying where you go up to the fucking ceiling. Yeah. I did that shit with one of my coworkers. Scary as fuck. I couldn't imagine it's going scary to be high like yeah. that. But it's reasonable. Yeah, it's re- and you're indoors and there's cushion on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, go ahead. Um, when Quaylen like is pointing guns at people through the fucking helicopter window that he's piloting, it's just like I don't know, dog. That's still I still feel like I have a pretty solid chance of getting away when you're you know like thirty feet away in a helicopter pointing just like a little pistol at me through the window. Uh, and then my last big trash is the vanishing slash reappearing ladder in the final fight scene between Gabe and Quaylen on the side of the mountain. Um, oh, I gotta look at that again. Oh yeah. man, was it yeah. there the whole time, or was it a figment of the imagination? This scene was not intended to be viewed by people with the power of the rewind button. <laughs> the ladder was supposed to be the only thing supporting this whole helicopter during that battle, and uh, <laughs> I mean, first of all, I'll just I'll say quick sidebar. I don't know how like Quaylen gave Gabe like such a hard time on that final fight scene, it seemed like it should have been a one-and-done punch and you're down. There is right. a I mean, just huge, look at them. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Quaylen is would not... Would have been better with Christopher Walken. I think you would have... <laughs> just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Does your mother sew? <laughs> what was the Bond movie he was the bad guy in again? Uh, that was... He played Zorin, and that is A View to a Kill. Got you, got you. Um, but he was good in that. I liked him in that. Uh, so this this whole ladder, the whole premise, this fight scene, disappearing, reappearing ladder. Again, the whole thing that's supposedly keeping this helicopter secured to the side of the mountain this entire time, but also happened to get, keep getting in the way of filming, so it kept vanishing and reappearing. It was a little on the on the trashy side. I'll have to go back and watch that. Yeah, I, mm-hmm. it's I don't, interesting. I, I got to watch that, it again. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And once you see it, you can't unsee it. It's okay. just like, oh, there it is. Oh, no, it's gone again. For my treasures, I, I know we talked about it in our extra credits, and I know everybody's kind of mentioned it here, but again, Michelle Joyner's acting uh, in the cold open was She's palpable. It was so, yeah, she was the one that, that died. Um, it was so strong, and even on a subsequent rewatch of it, like her fear is just as gut-wrenching as like, the first time I saw it. Uh, the Ugh. harness failing, again, we, we discussed this. It, it's a little unbelievable. And uh, ballsy choice on on Black Diamond to allow their harness to be the one that failed so miserably in this movie. So yeah, that her her acting, her performance was was a big treasure of mine. The other one was the actual air heist, the hijacking. Most movies today are really just kind of content with the skyjacker sort of just leaping out of the plane with the money. However, Cliffhanger kind of put together this really cool air to air robbery. Uh, I wasn't quite sure if the treasury agents were in on it before they got shot by Travers. I think there was two that were. Yeah. And they wanted to split it evenly without them, so they took those guys out, right? I think you're right. Yeah. 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 So that that wasn't really clear, but I, I think they were in on it. 
Um, and then, of course, the the scene where Travers does this rope climb from uh, the jet to the plane, which was real, as we discussed, was very impressive. So I really, I really like that. And those are my main trashes and treasures. Uh, my trash and treasure, uh, one, uh, why didn't they just fly Stallone to the top of that mountain? Like, did these two people stuck up top really have to wait for his ass to climb from ground level all the way to the top for the rescue? Yeah, well, and we they said the weather. Oh, that's why they couldn't fly him up there? Yeah. No, but like, why did, but they flew up there. Oh, um, in the be- Yeah, in at the, the very beginning? beginning. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. They, we know the helicopter has a winch system, so why didn't they just like hover above where they were and lower them down and then winch them back up? Exactly. Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, there, there didn't need to be this whole like zip lining. They, they did talk about weather in the beginning, but it was only getting bad, so it wasn't yeah. bad when they started. Yeah, I feel like, I feel like the, I mean, the opening sequence is great. Like, just like you, uh, Jordan, like every time I watch it, I get stressed out, but like, like logically speaking, it's just like come up with a reason for us to have to do that because I just kind of feel like y'all could have just like hovered. I mean, like if John Lithgow is like can like have a pistol and shoot out of a window while spinning around in it, like surely they can manage to lift two people up. I don't know, but um, just something like a blurb to say why they can. Yeah, just say like, oh, yeah. it's too small of a peak for us to hover over, or right. so, or like the injury forces us to do it this way, something right. like that. Um, you know the the whole plane high scene was was amazing. Um, I don't know if I liked it better than the one in Dark Knight Rises though. I'm torn. I'm torn. Dark Knight I, Rises is better. Dark Knight like, Rises is pretty badass. Dark Knight Rises is definitely better. I gotta ask, what do you think costs more money to do? This air-to-air plane high scene or Tom Cruise hanging off the side of the plane in Mission Impossible as it takes off? Do you know Do you the answer to this already? No, I don't. I'm. I, this is just a, a general uh, question. Mission Impossible Five would definitely cost more. Yeah, I okay. agree. It would, yeah, because of because that plane had just come out, and I believe there were only two in the world at that time. Mm. And then they had to, you know, uh, the amount of fuel it cost to run it eight times, and and safety. Tom Cruise. Yeah, and Tom and the Cruise. National Treasure Tom Cruise. Yeah, and just cool. his salary alone, because that that stunt cost one mil, right? Yeah. That, that no no that was the guy's fee. Oh, the guys, the stunt guy's yeah. fee. But okay. I mean, you could tell they only did it one time. I I, I don't know. Tom know. Cruise was for sure insured. Yeah, I, no way. Yeah. I guarantee yeah. you that 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 Tom Cruise stunt cost way more. Yeah. yeah. Um, I hate that they kill uh, one of the base jumpers. I like those two kids, man. Yeah, they, they were innocent. They killed uh, they killed Frank too. I don't like that. Oh, he was Frank. an angel. Yeah. Frank yeah. is it's sad. Yeah, I was. He I never was, hurt anybody. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He even says that. I, yeah. What? I just came to help you, and then get shot. Yeah, that was fucked up. I'm glad all the bad guys died. What I really appreciate about this movie is the uh, parallel introductions of our protagonists and antagonists. Uh, you know, at the opening, we have a zip line between two points uh, for both situations, for both their introductions. Uh, the and you know, and both parties drop precious cargo. The heroes drop Sarah. The villains drop the money, and each drop fuels the relationship strain between the members of both parties throughout the movie. So, like uh, Stallone and and uh, Hal, they have that beef the whole time or whatever. His relationship with Jesse is strained, and then the bad guys have all. All this infighting because of their inability to, to secure the money or the bag as the kids say um, and then um, this movie really is about like how you can recover from a fall like both uh, literal and figurative because it's all about like how are we going to come back from this single failure that set us on this path and the good guys you know find ways to overcome their uh, division 
uh, and then they succeed, whereas the bad guys, they're picking each other off. There's infighting, et cetera. They can't get on the same page, and that, that proves to be their downfall. So I, I like that we have that uh, those parallel journeys between each party. Uh, so I thought that was really cool and smart on the writer's part. Uh, villains are great. Uh, John Lithgow's great. Travers is a dick, but you know he's supposed to be played that way. Uh, I love, I love, uh, <laughs> I love Leon. I think his name is like Kinnett in this movie. But like, <laughs> two of my favorite lines in this movie are when Jesse tries to shoot him, <laughs> um, tries to shoot Kinnett, and there's uh, no bullets in the gun. He's just like, no bullets, bitch. Oh my <laughs> God. Like, right at the camera and says it. And then uh, one of my favorite lines is uh, he's just like, it amazes me that in this day and age, a man will put money before the safety of him and his own bitch. Like right uh, when Stallone refuses to give up like uh, the location yeah. of the money. Yeah. So I was just kind of like, yeah, yeah, it amazes me. And then uh, what are the odds that these cases land so close to the crash planes in this like mountain range? Like those, those cases fall way before this plane ever crashes. And this plane is going at like hundreds of miles an hour, right? It's probably yeah. like 500 miles an hour. Yeah, so like they would not be within a day's walking distance of all three yeah, of these. that's true. Yeah, so I thought that was just a little unbelievable or a lot unbelievable, I guess. Um, when we get to the safe house and uh, Jesse says, the cold killed my radio. And I'm like, that's dumb. Like, why don't they have any additional working radios at a known safe house in the mountain? Like if Hal's radio still works and he's been outside all damn day with these criminals, why does Jesse's all of a sudden not work when you got dropped off right next to this house and you just came out of a helicopter? Like I thought that excuse, like the cold killed my radio is it's kind of whack. And also the 60 year old rope, like we don't maintain oh, right. fresh equipment at this safe house that everybody knows about. But it looked like they had broken glass. Like it almost was like museum-like mm-hmm. too. So that that's how I kind of felt. Like they took the sweater out of it and it was like kind of fucked up already. And it looked like kind of not archaic, but it just looked like it was older. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that's what I was thinking. Oh yeah, I, I got that too. I, I just kind of feel like like they they didn't keep extra stuff in a safe house. Got it. I yeah, see what you're saying. just okay. just like leave like a, a safety bag or something in there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then um, my last treasure, um, and I'm kind of going out of order with these things, but my last treasure is uh, the, these two lines about the money that Stallone drops. These one-liners when he's just like, oh, "It costs a fortune to heat this place," and he's like throwing the money on the fire. And then that's uh, a treasure. That's a treasure. Yeah. And then another one is uh, when uh, Kinnett's asking him, like, where's the money? He's just like, oh, uh, I burned it. I never could save anything. Oh, yeah. Like, that I, was good. That was fucking hilarious. But uh, that's my trash and treasure. All right. So for my trash, I can't believe no one has said this yet. But John Lithgow's a- accent? Like, what the fuck are we doing here? Creating art. No. That is universally trash. Uh, horrible. Especially because there was a real British person acting next to him. So, like, his British accent was awful. I thought the real British person's accent was fake. Was worse. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I, what I will say is I had to look up because I was like, why does this accent sound so weird? So I had to look up to see if he was actually British because I didn't know. But, no, he's not. It's just a horrible accent. So... Can't believe no one said that, but yeah, it's a trash of mine. You didn't like him saying, you bastard, like <laughs> yeah. 27 times. That's exactly how I said it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, like the stuffed animal falling uh, in the very beginning. Like, I know why it was done. Uh, someone mentioned it earlier. Like, it was done to, like, show the gravity of, like, the gravity, I, I, 
uh, of like what that fall would do. But it's like, who brings a stuffed animal with them when they're we, we talked about the extra credit. I think Jordan Brock goes, why is it there? Like, why do you have that? Why? Did you say that, I think? It's like, why Why is it Who brings on extra you? weight yeah. with them yeah. For, yeah. for no reason? It's so weird and is unnecessary. So I thought that was horrible. Uh, bringing that girl up there in the first place, like, we, we already, in the movie, it's acknowledged that she's, like, an unprofessional climber. That is a fucking high peak. Like, there's there's nowhere for them to go. And he's injured. Like that's nuts to me. That's so stupid that you would even think a beginner hike, a beginner climber could get that far. Like it's impossible. And then she was so scared to like go. She climbed all the way up there, but she's scared to like cross this rope into the the helicopter. Like you literally just climbed this mountain. Whatever. I really didn't like the radical dudes. I know Kerwin, you did. I did not like them. I don't know what they added to the story. It's like Johnny Tsunami. They were like Johnny Tsunami, yes. I will give you that. I did not like them. Um, and then I also did not like... <laughs> to me, it's so stupid. I'm going to ask you three times. <laughs> who, okay. fucking, who fucking says that? I'm going to ask you three times. Who fucking says that? Wrong ask once or not at all. Answer. <laughs> yeah. Apparent. To me, that is so stupid. Um, so those are my trashes. Um, my treasure is... I think it, it goes without saying that the aerial shots and stunts were great. I mean, the fact that they did all this stuff without green screen is incredible to me. My palms were sweating for the first five minutes of this movie, and I, Kyle was like, why are you so invested in this movie? And I'm like, this is what movies are supposed to do yeah. for you. Yes. Like, it's supposed yes. to make you feel like this. And um, and I and I felt it. Like, I was, I was terrified with them. Uh, so I thought the first five minutes of the movie was great. The aerial stunts, the aerial shots, perfect i also thought um i know there was like some some talk about the the premise of it not being super original i i thought this was an, an original thought like i haven't seen this a lot before uh climbing mountains like needing people to like take you across the mountain to get what you need i don't know i for me i it was it felt original and new and i was very invested in the movie as it was happening i also watched this movie like after i watched daredevil which we're going to be reviewing pretty soon as well and the writing is like, considering that the writing for Daredevil happened in 2000s and the writing for this movie happened in the early 90s, to me it was like night and day. The, the writing of this film was so much better than newer movies, which is crazy to say, but it was. Um, also, I really like, no one's mentioned it, but I really like uh, Caroline Goodall. Uh, she was uh, Crystal. She was the, the female villain. Mm -hmm. Uh, also from Hook. You should see her bake she a cake. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Too. You should see her bake a cake. Um, also from Hook. She was the mom in Hook. And mm. also the mom in The Princess Diaries. And I Is love her. Really? I love her so much. I know she's in Hook. Yeah, yeah wow. I love her so much. So that, that's what I got. All right, Mugga, what about you? I'll go, I'll go really fast because um, I got a lot of my trash and treasure while I'm doing the research. I don't like that it takes place in the Rockies, but it was filmed in Europe. I don't know why. That just kind of bugged me as I'm kind of doing it. I'm just picking. Frank dies. I, I really get sad on that. And it's just like you really feel it. They do a great job with the score at that point. His acting, um, the the fact that Denver only produces coins, not pills. And this is what the whole thing is based on. But going to what Jason said, that scene where he goes under the ice, it's a cheap set to me. But I don't get it. The guy that's on top of the ice, I forget who he is, he has a gun, right? And he's toying with Sister Stallone when you could easily end it. Yeah. 
Stallone has a gun that we don't see and he's pounding the sand. So it's like we just drag this out when either one of you, like you're fighting for someone take a shot. You yeah. know what I mean? I, I don't understand why that didn't, didn't happen. Uh, the guy from Cool Runnings, I just can't unsee it. Like every time I look at it, I go, Senka, you dead? You know, I keep thinking that, you know, like <laughs> I, I don't know, you know. Um, and my only trash, again, I'm nitpicking because I like this movie, how being mad. I just don't understand it. Like, like he was there, Gabe was there to help him out. You're the one that put him in this position. You have only your blame. And for you to be mad still years later, that's that's on you, dude, you know. Uh, getting in the treasure, the opening scene. I, I You guys aren't really tough. I like Travers as a villain. I think he's kind of like, hey, I know Mafed read it and I did a bad thing. But it's kind of like he's torn and he doesn't like John Lithgow's character, Quaylen, where it's just like, hey, I'm going to go at it with you because F you. You know, you need me. I need you. But this is all bad and F that what we're doing. And eventually, like, I think they end up parting ways in a sense, right? They, they F them. Um, the plane scene is very, very impressive, especially when I researched it. Um, Stallone, I have to give him. He's a team player. I love the physique. The physique. I love John Lithgow as Quaylen. I know you guys talk about David Bowie. The scene though, where he kills what, what's her name? The the hook mom, Caroline Goodall. Yeah. and he takes her out because she is the only other pilot. So now that you just see his pure evilness, oh, to where you're like, this guy is it, it, nothing. He, he's he's a time bomb, and that's a you, bloody scene. Too, yeah, like, yeah. Her and away. you're just. I, I mean, to like, me, you're like, this guy is yeah. fucking crazy. You know. So I like that. But other stuff that you guys said, but that's kind of like my main thing. But yeah, those are my trash and treasures. All right, let's move on to our ticket prices and find out how much we would pay to watch Cliffhanger. Jason, how much are you paying? I'm struggling with this. I'm between a 5 and a 10, personally. Really? Wow. Yeah. Oh, well, I thought it'd be 10 and 15. Oh, wow. Uh, I mean, I guess watching this now, because um, I only saw it four or five years later, um, <laughs> it... Uh, it's good. It's a good sly movie. I, I do like it as a Sylvester Stallone movie. I do. Um, and I think it kind of takes him out of his element as like either Rocky or... It's not one like of the franchise like, like a cop. Yeah. yeah. It's not like a Tango and Cash or Cobra or, or a Rocky movie. It's like something different. So I do appreciate that part. But some, it just felt kind of cheesy to me at some points. Um, and like I said, I feel like it went on a little too long. That's just me. No, I, I agree with the too long. There's time yeah. like, come on, man, someone's got to win. Opening yeah. scene, great. Yeah. Um, I, I felt like on the edge of my seat sometimes watching it too, though. I'm not gonna lie. Like it did invoke a reaction, so that's why I'm like, uh, I'm gonna give this a ten. Um, I don't think I can go fifteen, and I don't think I can go five either. I know I was saying I was hovering between a five and a ten. I think like really thinking about it, like there are parts that I really enjoyed. I just feel like. Especially when I felt like it was going on too long, like I really felt it, and I'm just like, okay, what's the end game here? Like, what what are we getting to? And uh, I like, um, what's his name, John Lithgow? Yeah. Um, I thought he did a great job. Um, Yondu did a great job, uh, but yeah. and, and of course, yeah, and of course, Sly did a great job. Uh, but there's just some parts that felt a little cheesy, a little long. But I think overall. Uh, if it came on, I'd probably watch most of it again. Not the whole thing, but I'd watch most of it. So I'll give it a 10. Okay. Uh, Jordan, how much are you paying? So as I previously stated, Cliff, this is the first time I've ever seen Cliffhanger. So I'm really looking at it through the eyes of somebody who's never seen it before. And honestly, I felt it was a good movie and more so a consistently good movie which is why I had a real hard time sort of picking out my trashes and my treasures. 
Uh, I don't really know why I waited so long. This is definitely something I would have watched in the past had it, you know, been presented to me. And I feel like it ranks up there with some of Sly's best movies. Uh, the scenery was beautiful. The, you know, the villains had like this endearing cartoonish nature about them. I mean, again, the guy who shoots the grenade rounds into the heavy snow and doesn't expect bad shit. I mean, how, how, how more cartoonish do you get than that? <laughs> Coupled with all of the impressive action scenes and shots, all of this adds up to be a real rock-solid movie. (laughs) So with that, I'm going to give this movie a rating of $15. Nice. Uh, 15. TJ, how much are you paying? Wait, was that your rating? Yeah, I'm paying 15. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, listen, I watched this movie for the first time last night. Uh, Kyle mentioned, he was like, you are very involved in this movie. And I was. I really like this movie. Uh, when I first put it on, I was like, this is another stupid movie that these boys are making me watch. And I really, and especially with Sly in it, I was like, for sure, I'm not going to like it. I, I really like this movie. I'm giving it 15. Nice. Uh, Mugga, what are you paying? Um, so I watched this with Lindy for the first time. And she is maybe like Kyle at the time. She's on her computer doing homework or what. Not engaged. She had to stop because it was so intense because of what was going on. And I'm sitting there while I'm watching this. Like, what am I going to rate it? How am I going to do this? Because I want to give it a 15 regardless. But I'm like looking at it. I could not drop myself down to 10 because I still like like this movie. So if I see someone that's never seen it and like like I'm like hey no. So she stopped and we had to watch it and it was kind of like impressive. So like I am going to give it a 15 as well. Like I think that it's someone like if you haven't seen it, I will stop what I'm doing and watch it with you because it's that good of a movie, you know. I, I think it's very impressive, yeah. yeah. Hey, and well, you're wrong, and so. that's fair. That's fair. We're we're allowed to disagree. Guys. Yeah, if we're talking about over the top, that's a different story, but talking about cliffhanger now so would you like cliffhanger more if tom cruise is in it probably not but i don't know who i'd replace him with easy who little stuffed doggy that falls (laughs) at the beginning (laughs) bye doggy (laughs) bye doggy but because jason gave it a 10 we are giving this a total of 14 dollars which I think is a little bit higher than the IMDb, which I'm okay with, because we yeah. kind of like, do we agree with this? I, I, I think that's a good rating for this movie. Yeah, I think IMDb was what, 6.4? Yeah, around yeah. that, yeah. So I, 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 I like it. Yeah. That's it. Huh? Yeah. Are so we doing the Tom Cruise thing? I, I don't want to tank anything out of this. I think that, I, I don't know, there's no one that you could put in. Like, I don't want to take out Hal. I don't want to take out Gabe. That's why he's the little doggy. The little stuffed You're really doggy. You're really going with it, huh? I don't want to replace anybody. Okay, maybe Wrong maybe Del, Delmar. I don't like Delmar. <laughs> Who's Fuck Delmar again? He's the fucking racist British dude oh, yeah. that's always yeah. fucking with Kinnett the whole fucking movie. He I'm could like, have been geez. one of the um, radical guys, the the face. Ooh, there oh, you go. Guys. There you go. TJ wins. We're done. Brett. TJ wins. Brett. Cheesehead. Cheesehead. <laughs> but anyway, uh, anything else before we leave? Uh, before we leave? No. Well, uh, in the words of Tom Cruise, "You bastard." There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>
That's it for this episode of $20 Ticket. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at $20 Ticket. That's $20 Ticket for more content. Follow us on Spotify, subscribe on Apple Podcasts, and if you've got the time, leave us a review. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, send them to $20Ticket at gmail.com. That's $20Ticket at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.